Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Today we are continuing our discussion on experiencing God. I just want to say I'm already sweating. So that old Pentecostal preacher may come out. I hope not. I'm, I'm repressing it. But uh, we're, we're continuing our discussion on experiencing God. And we're talking about uh, reality number four, which is God speaks. I don't know about you, but I realize that this happens to be the most important thing to us as believers. He even said this in the book. In the book, he says, the critical requirement for understanding and experiencing God. I'll say they, they changed the screens on me back there. <laughs> the critical requirement for understanding and experiencing God is clearly knowing when God is speaking. If people don't know when God is speaking, they're in trouble, at trouble, in trouble at the heart of their Christian, Christian life. Here's why. Christianity is a relationship. Now, just to give you a picture, I want you to imagine I married my wife, um, let's say 15 years ago, hypothetically. It's 15 years, right? Okay, 15 years ago, hypothetically. January 19th, just want to let you know that. And let's just say, hypothetically, I told her I loved her. I did all the work. You know us guys, we butter up. Baby, I love you. Speak on the phone for hours. Did all those things to butter up. But when I said I do was the last time I talked to her. When I said I do, that was the last moment. I, I picked up the phone, I texted her, I did any of those things. What type of relationship do you think I would have with my wife? I wouldn't have. I, we probably wouldn't be married right now. And I know my wife. I'm telling you, we would not be married right now. Why? Because communication is a key to most relationships. In a marriage relationship, communication is, is a key. Are you going to pick up dinner or is she going to pick up dinner? If both of you guys bring up in dinner, somebody's in trouble. And I can guarantee you, it's probably you. Right? Communication is the key. Is your child supposed to come home on the bus or is he supposed to stay in aftercare? If they send your child home on the bus, you're going to be upset because you've already communicated to them, my child's supposed to be in aftercare. Communication is the key. If you tell your kids, clean the bathroom, and they don't clean the bathroom when you come home, you're going to be upset. Communication is the key. If your job tells you, Tyler Anderson, I need you to be on time at 10 a.m. and you show up well past 10 and doesn't even communicate, there's going to be an issue. I'm just giving you hypothetical situations. Maybe they've happened, maybe they haven't. But communication is the key. So when we say reality number one is critical, it's because I don't know any believer, young and old, that don't wish that they hear from God more. It's almost as if we're saying, God, I don't think you're really speaking. I know I believe what the Bible says, it says, but I have an issue because I want you to speak this way. Matter of fact, I want the burning bush experience. You guys remember burning bush? Moses walking with the stick and he saw a burning bush. Ah, a burning bush. It's not on, wait, it's not on fire. This is interesting. Then God speaks to him through the bush. I know we want those burning bush experiences, but that's not how God is speaking today. For us, we need to understand this subject. We need to be able to recognize when God is speaking. And if we're not hearing from God, let's fix that today. So this week is a two-part series. Week one, we're going to really talk about recognizing uh, when hear God's voice. And we're going to talk about um, uh, if you're not hearing them, how to fix it. Week two, we're going to talk about some other things. So let's walk through this real quick. Number one, how do I recognize and identify when God is speaking? I want to say this in Job chapter 33. It says this. This was one of his Job's people uh, responded to him. He said this. For God speaks again and again, through, though people do not recognize it. He speaks in dreams and in visions of the night, with deep sleep following people as they lie in their bed. He whispers in their ears and terrifies them with warning. He makes them turn from doing wrong. He keeps them from their pride. He protects them from the grave, from crossing over the river of death. I want you guys to know that God is speaking all the time. He's speaking 
And maybe we're not recognizing, maybe we're not realizing how God is speaking. And maybe it's because we have a different understanding of what it looks like for God to speak. But I want to clarify, right now, maybe in the past days, God spoke differently, but right now God is speaking through his Holy Spirit. When you receive Jesus as your personal Lord Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives with you. There's a process. I'm not getting into the doctrine. Do you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? There, I'm, not, I'm just telling you, when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and lives with you. That's how he's speaking to you today. In times past, it tells us in Hebrews 1, in times past, God spoke differently. He said, long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers, the prophet, through the prophets. So in times past, he had specific men in specific locations that he spoke to. He only had one or two people that he spoke to at a time, right? Different prophets, or it could be a little bit more, but understand it was different prophets that he spoke to. But not everybody was privileged to hear from God. You had to hear from God in these different fashions. Maybe he spoke to him through a donkey. Maybe he spoke to him through dreams. Maybe he spoke to him through angels. Maybe he spoke to him through a burning bush. But nonetheless, God spoke to the prophets individually back then. Then it tells us in Hebrews chapter uh, 1, verse 2, it tells us, But in the last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir over all things. I'm sweating. Look at that. I haven't done anything. In the last days... He started speaking to us in the Gospels through Jesus Christ. Prophets. Then he spoke to us, Jesus Christ, which is the Son of God, came from heaven to earth. He said, I do nothing unless the Father tells me to do it. If the Father, if the Father doesn't say, tell me to do it, I don't do it. And we know this because he didn't heal everyone he come in contact with. I wish he had of. That would have been a beautiful story. Jesus stepped on the scene. Everybody in eyesight got healed. But that's not what happened. He healed those that God told him to heal. Can we wrap our brains around that? He walked every day. I love this. Me and Sandra was having this conversation. How many times did he walk past that, gate that, was, that, that guy that laid at the beautiful gate and he didn't heal? If you look in Acts, Peter actually was the one that God used to heal that guy that laid at the beautiful gate. So Jesus didn't heal everybody, but he did what the Father told him to do. And Jesus says this, that after he was here, he was going to die on the cross. He was going to send us a special gift. And so we, just want to, we don't want to settle this. In John 14, Jesus told him this way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would have known the Father. For now, for now you know him and have seen him. Philip replied, Lord, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. Jesus replied, I have been with you all the time, Philip. And yet, don't you know who I am? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show you him? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who does them through me. And then he carries on. He goes on to tell them about the advocate in verse 15. It's a lot of scripture, so we're going to go through it. Verse 15. If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he'll give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. Verse 26. Whew. Bear with me. The sweat is pouring. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he reminds you of everything I have told you. Now we're going to jump all the way to chapter 16. But now I am going away to the one who sent me. That's verse 5. And no one has asked me where I'm going. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't go, the advocate won't come. If I go away, then I will send him to you. Last batch of scriptures. Verse 12. There is so much I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring glory to me. Oh, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives. Jesus was saying to this. <laughs> I don't know why I'm sweating so much. Bear with me. Okay. 
Maybe because I have a sweater on. Fat people. I don't know why I thought sweater was a good idea, but whatever. We're going we're gonna to deal with it, right? Jesus was saying this. It is better for you that I leave. Because right now you only have me to hear from. Old Testament, it was the prophets. Jesus took away from the prophets and only spoke to his son during the Gospels. Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. Because when I go, you, I live with you now. But when I go, I'm going to be living in you. I want you all to understand this. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, you have the spirit of Jesus living on the inside of you. That is your first step to hearing from God. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Jesus said, if I don't go, you can't get this gift. But this gift is going to be greater than you ever can imagine. He's going to teach you. He's going to tell you things. He's going to show you things. He's my advocate. He's only going to speak what he saw me and my father do. Understand, it is better that we have the spirit of God in us right now. I know we wish we can hear from Jesus. Like, we want to live in those days and just walk and talk with Jesus. But that still was only a select group of people. We are living in a better age right now where the spirit of God is poured upon all flesh so their sons and daughters will prophesy, right? They'll see visions, right? God is saying that I'm going to do a great thing, even more greater than what I did in this time because I'm going to be in all the believers. The picture is a seed going into a ground. I'm not a farmer. You got, I'm from the hood, so we didn't really farm in the hood. You get what I'm saying? But if I wanted to farm, I mean, what we did farm was... Okay, you don't, you want me to go there? Not can No, we're not going to go there. All right, what? If I was a farmer, I would take some seed, put it in the ground, and it tells us that unless a seed, unless a seed go into the ground and die, it cannot produce a great plant. That's what Jesus did. When he went into the ground... He died, and it produced even more trees and branches and fruit. You guys are an example of that. So your job right now is to understand that if you have the Holy Spirit in you, you're on the right path. That's step checklist number one. Now, the issue is, how do I hear God? How how do I recognize that God is speaking? I want to tell you this. The first thing you need to understand is, that God is not a bully. I don't know if you've ever been picked on. I've done a lot of picking on in my days. That sounds bad. Doesn't it sound like I'm a bully? I wasn't a bully. But I've done a lot of picking on. Like, I make fun of people. I do. And if I'm willing to make fun of people, I get made fun of as well. I was playing basketball, and um, while I was playing basketball, um, Ryan and Jason, these big bullies, decided to pull my pants down and video record it. Right? <laughs> It was hilarious. It's funny. Guys, we're stupid. We do stupid things, right? But God is not a bully. He's not pulling your pants down. So if you turn your back and walk away from God, he's not screaming at you. He's not yelling at you trying to get your attention. I have seen people yell at their kids to get their attention. So parents in there, that was me. Yes, I was, yes. Right? You know what I'm Come on, I'm talking about parent. Your kids get on your last nerve. They're not doing what you're asking. And as a parent, you're yelling, did I not tell you to get your butt in that room and clean it? I'm not having this conversation. Yours is to, to do or to die. It's not to ask why. That's what my father used to tell me. Yours is not to ask why, it's to do or to die. Right? As a parent, we yell at our kids because we think the louder we get, the better they will understand. That's not the truth, though. That's not how God does things. If you ever notice how God does things, he whispers a still, small voice on the inside of you. It often sounds like your own, like your own thoughts. I know it, it can be confusing at times, but it's a small whisper. And it'll be something good. It's never, it's never that whisper when you're in the bank. Hey, you can rob this place. That's not... <laughs> I've had that whisper... I know people who've had that whisper and it didn't turn out well for them. That's not, that's not God. God is not telling you stupid stuff. Right? That's not God. God won't even tell you to spend all your money unwisely. I know I've heard that and I thought it was God and I sorely, don't forgive me baby, we're still working through counseling. I sorely missed it. Right? I felt like God was telling me this week to buy shoes so I can speak on stage. I don't think it was God, though. I, I don't think it was God. I didn't, I didn't obey it. He's not telling you things that's contrary to his Bible. So that still small whisper that's in your head, that voice 
that you think it sounds like you, first of all, it's good. It's pleasing. Yeah. A good report. Yeah. Understand when God tells you to do something, sometimes it's a great thing to do. And let me just, let me give you a hypothetical situation in all honesty. What if God told you right now to help someone that's standing on the side of the road? They had broke down in the car, and as you was driving by, you felt like God told you to help someone else stand on the side of the road. You went over and pulled over and said, hey, can I help you? And they go, I'm okay. Thanks for asking. Someone's coming. Is that a bad thing? I like to think that God honors when we are attempting to hear his voice. And this could only be me. I'm not saying this, thus saith the Lord. But here's what I want you to understand. Sometimes a good thing, it's okay to give it a try. Because God, you have kids. And maybe your kids are not in the same place as you. But when you hear something good they did, you're like, oh, good job, buddy. I may not have done it that way. That's probably what I wouldn't have said to do. But you gave it a try. Stevie going out for play football. No, let me back up. Stevie going out for choir. Stevie, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend Stevie go off a choir. <laughs> Let's put him more in computers, video games. Let's go that route. But did me and Pearl bash him for going off a choir? We did it, sick, we did it secretly. Like, I don't know, that boy can't sing or the lit. Like, that is Ella's forte. What is he doing, right? But he gave it a try. Do you understand how, how honoring that was to us? Stevie is giving it a try on something that he has no idea if he can do or not. We could have told him he he couldn't do it, but that's neither here nor there. God. God is okay if you give it a try. Is it a good thing? So first check, if you come to your head and you're driving down the road and and you feel like God says, give that person $50. You have $50. Give it away. It doesn't hurt. What? But, but what if it was God? Oh. No, no, no. If it is God, do you understand? It's like we're walking closer with God. Every step. Oh, it gets me excited. Every step you take as you are obedient to God because you heard his voice. God trusts you. If you're faithful with the little things, you'll be faithful with much. If you start to walk down that path of being obedient, you feel like you're hearing God and you're doing it and you nail it, how much more will God tell you to do? Because he said, hold on, I told Stephen to give that person $50 and he did it. I could trust him with something greater. Do you hear that? I told, I told Marshall to try for that job and he did it. I feel like there's something greater. Maybe it doesn't work out the way you planned. You thought it would. Who cares? Go back to the scenario with Stevie. Maybe Stevie doesn't get the solo. I can guarantee you he did not get the solo. <laughs> like, <laughs> he did not get the solo. So low that he better, not, he better stop singing, right? You get that kind of solo. But I know I'm picking on Stevie. That's my son. That's my monkey, man. He has other virtues. You get what I'm saying? Maybe you don't get the solo. Maybe you don't get the job. Maybe that person doesn't wave high and say, thank you, you've blessed my life. But what if they do? A part of our relationship is being willing to listen to God and taking the steps. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I relate, I'm relating it to it as a relationship because I, 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 just, I just think we, we make this so... Hearing from God is not that... It's, it's, I know it's a big deal and it's crucial for our walk, but we make it bigger than it really is because the enemy is trying to confuse us to think we can't hear from God because we think it's just me, I shouldn't do it. However, all of us hear from God. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about different ways the Holy Spirit illuminates different things to us. We're not getting into that. I just want to talk about just you and God right now. I had, um, I was sitting at my car. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Here we go. Last week, or the, the, I believe it was last week or the week before, my car had broke, uh, got a flat tire. I came out the house. It was in the middle of Collide. I'm like, it was the day before Collide. I was so angry, but I was like, all right, God, I need to go get this fixed. I go to the shop. I'm sitting next to a guy, and I, he's talking about, he just randomly start talking. People just randomly start talking to me all the time, right? Um, but he started talking about his ribs were hurting. He goes and talks about his ribs, and I feel like I, got, I hear God tell me, I need to pray for that guy. I'm telling you this because I'm a pastor. I've been doing this for years. I've been saved since 1999, 1231, 1999. I rededicated my life on fire for God, serving him in a pastoral role. And I was like, 
I don't know about this, God. This is a good thing. Praying for somebody is a good thing. I don't know. If this, if, is this you, God? Are you telling me to pray for this person? You see how stupid we are? I'm, I'm calling myself stupid. Now, you're not calling me stupid. I'm calling myself stupid. I'm sitting next to this guy. His ribs is hurting. Would it hurt for me to pray for him? No. I'm telling you guys. If it doesn't hurt you, do it. Well, what if it does hurt you? If it's from God, huh, you won't get hurt. So, story goes with a guy. He's sitting there talking to me, and I, I didn't pray for him. But then I really felt like I really should pray for him, but he stopped talking to me by this time. I go, God, if you want me to pray for him, have him talk to me again. He doesn't talk to me again. <laughs> but towards the end of the, we about to leave, the cashier comes out. He's talking to the cashier, and I go, you know what? I just need to pray for you. So I pray for the guy. And I leave. I don't want to know what's going to happen. Like, I'm just like, God, this is on you. I'm out. Right? (laughs) Because I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. Gosh, I wish I wasn't a fearful, afraid of what people think. Not you. Talk about me right now. Because I know you don't deal with this. Because when God talks to you, you're like, I got this. I know the students don't deal with this because every time I come to them, I have them, I ask them questions. Hey, how do you hear from God? Oh, let me tell you how I hear from God. Am I right? That's how you guys do it, right? Okay, I was just wondering. (laughs) That still, small voice. We need to understand. And there's many scriptures that talk about this. In the book of Acts, it actually was, um, it says this in in Acts 15, 28. And it seemed good. Notice the word. It seemed good. To the Holy Spirit and to us. Notice they didn't say, thus saith the Lord. They said, it seemed good. Oftentimes when you're hearing from God, it seems good. Eat that piece of cake. Eat that extra piece of cake. It seemed good to me and the Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. No. Okay, hold on. But it seemed good. I've had times, me and my wife just felt like, a couple years ago, that it seemed good that I was supposed to give my brother $500. I got in, we went to Maryland, and as I get to Maryland, somebody that I knew for a long time said, you know what, God told me to give you $500. It seemed good to us. Me and my wife, it seemed good to us to give away, when we bought a new car, we'd give away our PT Cruiser. It just seemed, not the say of the Lord. Do you know when we got here, someone gave me a new car, a car, It just seems good. I want you to know, the more it seems good, the more you hear that small voice and obedient, the more God will speak to you. The more you begin to recognize it. Over the years, I know for sure my wife, when my wife talks to me, I could pick up the phone right now and she can go, hey, baby. She actually go, what's up, big daddy? (laughs) Right? Give me all... Give me all nervous. Ooh, hey, baby. Sucks. Right? But we could be in a crowded room right now, and if Pearl starts to speak, you know who the voice I recognize the most is the person I'm closest to. My kids. We could be in a crowded room, and you guys know this. A mama has that sixth sense. When they hear, this is babies. When they're in a room, a crowded room, and they hear their baby crying, mom's like, oh, that's my baby. It's like, how in the world? It just sounds like, wham. It's like, I know the voice of my child. When you're in a close relationship with God, you know his voice. You, I mean, I just want to make sure it's simple. The more you get to walk with him, the more you get to be with him, the more you get to hear him and being obedient, you begin to recognize his voice. You no longer walk like this, God, I'm, I'm hearing you. You start to put your chest up. Right? <laughs> I'm hearing God. I know this was God. And as you start to do that, you will see God start actually to do crazy things. I'm talking things that you can't even imagine because my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God will ask you to do things. You're like, God, that is impossible. Exactly. You're like, oh, God, that don't make no sense. Why would I move move to Rome, Georgia? That don't even exist on the map. What is that? Those of us who moved here know what I'm talking about. It seems crazy. That's right. 
because I want to do something different in your life. But are you willing to trust me? Because if you're willing to trust him with anything, he would do a lot of things through you. Let's, I want to go back to the relationship thing because I want to, I just feel like God really wants to hit this home. Year one of my relationship with Pearl, I could not hear her good. We will be at a party and we often tell the story. We'll be at a party and she'll be looking at me. You know, it's that silent communication. You know, it's because we think it's just voice. It's communication, right? She'll look at me. She'll give me the nod. And I'm like, baby, why are you making that face? What are you trying to say? I would, I would get in so much trouble. Because I'm one of those guys, I'm not going, I like to be, a, I, like, I like to be dumb. So I would, I, would, I would say, baby, are you trying to make the face? Are you trying to say you're done with this conversation? Is this time to go? She would give me the death stare. Then I knew, I knew I was hitting the nail on the coffin. But now we can be in a party. She can stick her head around the corner and I go, oh, yep, it's time to go. The longer I've been with her, the more I know her. When we first met, I didn't think Pearl cried. I'm the emotional one, right? I didn't think my wife cried, but I know that's not true. I have seen her cry. She doesn't cry like most women you know, but I've seen her cry because I know what hurts her. I know what things bother her. When you hear stories of how my daughter has been encountering different people in school, I know what hurts my wife's heart, right? The longer you with someone, the more you know that person. And I know you guys thinking, well, I'm not married. Think about the relationships that you have. Think about your parents. Right now, my mother can call me on the phone, and I would know it's her. Probably because she sounds like a drunk, crazy lady. I'm, y'all don't, it's funny, I'm just joking. I'm just totally best around. That's my mama. She's crazy. But I know my mama's voice. You get what I'm saying? I know my brother's voice. I know my wife's voice. I know the difference between Ella and Stevie. Most of the time, when Stevie starts screaming like a girl, that's hard to, he gets that from somebody. I don't know who he gets that from, but. All right, let's keep going. Before we get past this part, hold on. In the book of Kings, it tells us a story of Elijah. Elijah wanted to hear from God. So he went to the, he traveled for 40 days to the mount of God. And notice what happened when he was like, God, I need to hear from you. He had called down rain, fire from heaven. He had stopped the rain. For, he had done all these great things for God. And this is what happens in 1 Kings 19. It says this. This is God talking to Elijah. Go out and stand before the mountain. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by. In a mighty wind, a windstorm that hit the mountain. Stop. I think, let's not confuse this. God still caused a mighty windstorm to happen, but he wasn't in that windstorm. Stop looking for the windstorms. It was such a terrible blast that the Lord passed, I mean, that the Lord rocks, uh, the rocks were torn loose. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. Earthquake. I feel like this is earth, wind, and fire. Some of you guys got that one. All right, so earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. My word doesn't have whisper. I was like, what happened to mine? A gentle whisper. When Elijah heard that gentle whisper... He wrapped his face in his cloth and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. You guys, we have been looking for mighty works of God. We're like, God, if it's you, send fire, send the wind, send the earthquake. We know we need to hear a big voice, just voice. God's like, you don't even realize that's not how I'm even speaking anymore. I never was about all those things. I want you guys to be so intimate with me, so in such a loving relationship with me, so close to me that you hear me right here in your heart. Do you see how beautiful that is? Like, I know I'm, 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 I'm staying here because I know some of you guys are mighty. You've, you know these things. But I feel like God wants us to understand 
It's not about these big flashy displays of his power. It's right here. It's intimacy. It's a loving relationship. The more you talk with him, the more you spend time with him, you get to know his voice. You hear from him. He tells you, Stephen, you're good looking. (laughs) Thank you, God. (laughs) Right? You hear his voice. Hey, I like what you're wearing today. That's amazing. I would probably rock it just like that. Man, I know you might mean you go way back, God. Right? Stephen, you're doing a great job. I know people are beating you up, but listen, I have called you there for a reason. Man, thank you, God. Like, the more you get into that intimate relationship with you, hear his voice, there's nothing anyone can tell you otherwise. That's why this key is crucial. This key is crucial because he wants us to know if you hear from God, then no one else and nothing else anyone else says will matter. The devil will be loud and boisterous. The devil will tell you things that are contrary to what God's word says. The devil will tell you to do stupid stuff. I ain't talking about crazy stuff. I'm talking about stupid stuff. I'm talking about what boys here. This is an example. I dare you to jump off that hill. That's a boy. That's a dumb devil. I dare you to pull that boy's pants down. That's a devil. I dare you to rob that bank. I dare you to spend all your life savings on shoes. That could be God. I'm, I'm just thinking that was the devil. <laughs> I just have to mix that in there. Lord, t- talk to Pearl. That's all I'm trying to say. Talk to Pearl. Right? That could be the devil. Men. It's okay if you have that conversation with that girl. It's okay if you're alone with that person. That's the devil. Understand what he's trying to do. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. All right. I think we got this. You got it. We got it. Right? Knowing God speaks. I don't even know what page I'm on. It's okay. So, I want you to understand this. Jesus said this is about his sheep. He said this in, in John chapter 10. After he gathered his flock, he walks ahead of them. And they follow him because they, what? They know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. We have the ability as his sheep to know his voice. Stop letting people tell you otherwise. There's no one in this room on the sound of my voice watching online. Pastor Jody over there in, in Scotland wearing a kilt, playing bagpipes. <laughs> we know his voice. If we are believers, you may need to fine-tune it. You need to work things out, but you know his voice. Let's settle that. Can you turn to your neighbor? I know we don't do this in here, but can you turn to your neighbor and say, I know God's voice. Thank you for doing that. Now, I want you to understand this. Um, What if I'm not hearing from God? What if I'm not hearing God speak? So this is a whole other, they didn't dig in this in the book much, but I I thought it would be important to understand. If you're not hearing God speak, maybe you need to ask yourself some questions. Number one is, is there sin in your life? My son likes to play video games. And when he plays video games, he puts his headphones on oftentimes. Most of the time, we force him to play, put the video games headphones on because we get sick or tired of hearing them. Right? So he puts the headphones on. But when he has the headphones on, there's nothing we can say outside of there that he's going to hear. Pearl could be in the kitchen. Stevie! Stevie! I could be sitting in the same room as him. Stevie Daniel. Stephen Cornelius Peter Daniel II. Doesn't matter until I get eye contact with him. Do you understand? When you're sinning, that's what's going on. You have put headphones on to block the voice of God. That's those kids that walk down the road with their headphones on, think they're cool. They don't want to hear nothing from God. I'm just listening to my music. Right? That's, that's, that's what happens with us. We have on headphones. And we're not hearing God's voice because we're blocking it out with other things. That's what sin does. It blocks, it, it blocks you from hearing God's voice. The reason God doesn't want us to sin is because he wants you to understand and recognize his voice. He wants to have a relationship and talk with you. 
So I want to tell you, if you have a secret sin, if you have anything that is plaguing you right now, deal with it. This is not a pastor. This is a man talking to a man talking to a woman. You know what I meant. Right? If you have a secret sin, you have something that's hidden, deal with it. Why? Because sin is an abomination. God was not pleased with sin. He sent his son to die for sins. You can deal with it. You can repent of your sins, and he will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. You got to deal with it, though. He won't do it for you. You remember the, it's like, fix it. You, know, you got to fix it. I was saying, I'm thinking fix it. Felix is off of Rick record Ralph. But you got to fix it yourself. Michael Jackson said, you need to take a look in the mirror and make a change. Hee <laughs> hee. Right? <laughs> you have to deal with it. If there's hidden sin in your life, if there's anything that is, understand what sin is. Because I know we're like, well, is it a sin? Here's what sin is. And I love this definition. As found in Romans. No. As found in James chapter 4, verse 17. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Nobody got to tell you you shouldn't do it. Nobody got to tell you you ought to do it. You know what sin is. We were born knowing right from wrong, believe it or not. Kids, they deliberately disobey, but you still know. You still know right from wrong. When you see somebody smack somebody or somebody kill somebody, you know, uh, immediately that's wrong. When you see somebody picking on somebody else, you have a feeling, ah, uh, that's wrong. You know what you should do and not do it. That's sin. Deal with your sin. If we want to hear from God. If we want to experience God, which is what Pastor Jody has us in right now. Experiencing God requires us to deal with our hidden sins so that we can hear God's voice. Okay. Next thing you want to ask yourself is, what was the last thing God told me to do? Maybe you're like, I don't have a hidden sin. I, I dealt with it. I've repented and I continue to repent because I realize God checked my heart. I want to be like David. I want to walk holy before him. But what was the last thing God told you to do? Here's what I mean. My kids often ask for money. I know maybe you guys don't have this. All right. But if you have kids, they often ask for money. And me and Pearl tried to institute a system for them to get money. Didn't we, baby? We tried to make a chart, a chore chart. We was like, you know what? This may be helpful. Our kids always need money. Maybe we can pay them something to help clean up around the house. So when they came and asked us for money, we went straight to the chore chart. Did you do your chores? If you did what, you, what I told you to do, you would get what you're asking for. But if you didn't do what I told you to do, I'm not giving you anything different. Go back and do what God told you to do. Like, it could be as simple as being obedient to leaving the job that you're in. That's, I'm, God is not telling me to do that. Let me just, I'm just telling you, for you, it could be as simple as leaving the job you're in. Have you been obedient with that? Or are you, is your life so tied up with how much you make? God, Jesus says this, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. If you're not obedient with what he told you to do before, why should he even come back and talk to you again? With our kids, we don't do that. If we tell our kids to go clean their room, we don't want to have another conversation with them until that room is clean. Let me take it a little bit further. If you told your son or your daughter to go brush their teeth and they want to come and talk to you in your face, you're like, I told you, you don't smell what I'm smelling. This is filth on you. Go brush your teeth. Come back and talk to me after you brushed your teeth. Do what God told you to do in the first place. And then he can speak to you again. It goes back to, if you're not faithful in the small things he told you to do, why in the world would he trust you with great things? Just being open and honest. Have you been obedient to the last thing he told you to do? Is there a ministry he told you to start? Is there a small group he told you to be a part of? Is there a church he told you to join? Is there a job he told you to apply for? Is there a person he told you to speak to? Some of the teenagers are like, is there a girl he told me to talk to? No, I'm not saying that's because you're still a teenager. Calm down. Let's time out. All right. Do what God told you to do. 
So ask yourself, question number one is, have I, do I have sin in my life? Question number two is, have I done the last thing God told me to do? There's more questions, but these are just three questions I have. Question number three is, do I have my priorities right? I like the book of James. It says this in James. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. I'm just pausing for a second. This is a beautiful picture. He revealed this to me, a picture of this in uh, the story of the prodigal son. And I'm, I, just, I just want to go through the picture really quick. The prodigal son that took everything, his inheritance, and left the father. He said, God, give me my money. He went off and blew his money. And then as he got it to his senses, he started coming back to God. It says that the father was on the lookout for the prodigal son. And as he saw him coming in a far distance, the father went running to the son. Did you capture that? He ran to the son as if it's a state of emergency. Like my son is actually coming back. He's actually made an attempt. That's this picture. If you come close to God, God will come running after you. That's a beautiful picture. But let me go. I, I, I just want to give you that right. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. If you need wisdom, ask generously of God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Those are harsh words. When we got divided loyalty, we should not expect to hear anything, receive anything from the Lord. What do I mean by this? I mean that, and just, I know, just make this very plain for everybody. If Georgia and Alabama is playing in the, in the, in the championship game, you can't pull for both of them, right? You got to choose, right? This day, who will you serve? Will it be the dogs or will it be road tide? I understand. I'm like either one of those teams. I hope they all go to hell. But I'm just saying, I'm joking. I'm totally joking. You know, I'm Big Ten. You, Gary's with me. Big Ten all day. All right. Uh, but the point is, you got divided loyalty. Your priorities are not correct. You can't, I like examples, you can't want to get straight A's in school and be the class clown. You can't want to be a great driver and you're texting on your phone. You can't expect for your wife to love you unconditionally if you haven't loved her unconditionally. No, let me back that up. If you have another woman in the picture. You can't be a great employee If you really want to work somewhere else, if in your heart you're doing everything against that company so that they will fail because you want to go take another job, your loyalty is divided. Your loyalty, you see how I mix up these words? Your loyalty is divided. You can't be a great parent if you have a favorite child. You got 17 children and you have one favorite, everybody else would know it. I know, because my brothers know that I was my daddy's favorite. (laughs) Get your priorities right. If you want to hear from God, then you need to spend time with him. I mean, everything else is worthless in comparison. Husband, wife, children, parents, job. If you don't have God first... Everything else is worthless in comparison. He's not telling us when he says that, that your family is worthless. He's saying you can't be good what you need for them if you don't even hear from me. If your relationship with me is not right, then all the rest of that is going to be messed up. Those are just three questions. So let's reiterate what we talked about today. One is we want to hear from God. I need you to be able to recognize his voice. Understand that it's a still small voice. He's not going to be a bully. He's not going to be speaking out loud. He's not going to try to run you over. But he will be gentle. It's a gentle voice on the inside. 
where he tells you, hey, I love you. If hearing God speak is crucial to experiencing God, then we need to be able to recognize his voice. We need to recognize when he speak. And then we need to be willing to do what he asks us to do on a regular basis as we grow in our relationship with him. And then two, if we're not hearing God speak, let's go back and ask ourselves three questions. Simple questions. There's so many other questions, but ask simple questions. One, am I in sin? Two, have I done what he asked me to do? And three, do I have my priorities right? Back up. This whole thing we're inviting everyone into is into a relationship with God. God will ask you to do great and mighty things through his power, through the Holy Spirit that's living here today. But if you don't have that relationship right, if you don't have that relationship right, you're not going to be able to hear his voice. This relationship I'm talking about is what Jesus said, I gave my life for you. I came here to earth to die for you so that you can be in right standing with God. I have so much more in store for you. I'm not even talking about a fluffy Christianity. I'm talking about where you get peace that passes all understanding. That you know that I'm using you. That you know you hear my voice. That you're walking and talking. You see the power of God display through you each and every day. That's the relationship I'm talking about. God is saying, I want you more than just being a Christian that comes to church on Sunday. I want you to be empowered to be moved and go out and bring more people to him. Because that's what this whole thing is about. The reason Jesus died on the cross is so that there can be so many more sons and daughters that will live for him. Because in the very beginning, the first Adam messed it up for everybody. And I can't even blame him. I could blame her, though. I'm joking. We would have messed it up, too. Jesus saying that this is your opportunity to get it right. So if you will, bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you're here today. And you have never heard the story of Jesus. Oh, I'm glad you're here. Because Jesus came to earth. He was the son of God. His disciples like, show me who God is. He's like, I've been with you this whole time. Don't you recognize it? And if nothing else, realize by what I've done, by the healing I've done, how I fed the, the 5,000 plus with two fish and five loaves, how I walked on water, how I calmed the storms, how I cast out demons. God was man on earth. And then he went and surrendered to the death of the cross in an embarrassing, a shameful way. But he did it for you and I. The best part of the story, though, if I could be honest, is that he rose again and he's alive right now. The word says that if you believe with your heart that Jesus did all these things and you confess with your mouth, you too can be saved. And then I'll come and make my home in you so you can live with him. So while your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, maybe you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. If that's you, or maybe you want to rededicate your life. You say, I got these things, these secret sins that I just need to repent of and get right with God so I can hear God speak. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Be bold. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Right? Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you so much. He said, if you will not recognize me before men, I won't recognize you before my Father in heaven. That's beautiful. That's the boldness we're talking about. So what I want to do is I'm going to just close this in prayer. And after I pray, Gary's going to come up and then we're going to have prayer time here. I don't want to get past this moment. If you raise your hand for any of those things, or you wish you raised your hand, when Gary opens up the altar for prayer, please come down forward. Come pray with us. I know it's good. You can do it on your own. You're independent. I understand that. But let us pray with you. Let us come alongside with you and walk this Christian walk. Because it's not easy. If I'm honest, it's not easy. But there's nothing better in the world. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you. I thank you for all these men and women, boys and girls that are here today. I thank you, Lord, that you're speaking to us, Holy Spirit. Unless you draw us close to you, we won't even come. So we have heard your voice before. I thank you, Lord, that you're making your voice known to us even more in this hour, in this day. I pray, Lord, that whoever raised their hand, they'll have the boldness to come forward to pray with people. I pray, Lord, that if we wish we'd raise a hand, we'll have the boldness to come forward. 
And ultimately, Lord, I'm praying that each and every one of us leave this room knowing we hear your voice and that we will quiet our spirit enough to walk more in that and be obedient to walk in it. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen? (laughs) All right. Thank you, Pastor Stephen. My pleasure. That's a good word. The one thing I told him is that if we knew he was from Michigan, he may have never been hired in the first place. But we're glad he's here. We're glad that he's here. Uh, as we're getting ready to leave today, our prayer partners are going to come up front. Like Pastor said, that if the, today was the very first time you accepted Jesus as your Savior, come up and tell one of these folks up here. They do not bite. I'm married to one of them, and I know uh, that they don't. And if there's anything else that you need to share with somebody up here, uh, they'd love to take the time uh, to pray with you after service as well. I'd also like to just remind you of ways that you can give here. If you've been a faithful uh, giver here for all these years, thank you for your generosity. It does not go unnoticed and it's very appreciated. But if you're new here to church, if you're new here to Cornerstone, you've been coming for a while, this is your home church, we're going to invite you uh, to take part in what we're doing here. Um, you know, we all have a lot of things coming out of our paycheck every week. Uh, Georgia Power has a funny way of wanting their cut every week. Um, whoever has your home mortgage or your rent, uh, they like that as well. Uh, but we'd like you to invest in what we're doing here and give you that opportunity. So this week I'm going to challenge you. If you're here and you've been coming for a while, um, talk it over in your family. Maybe this is somewhere where you'd like to invest some of your resources um, and do that. We'd invite you to start with something small and become a part of what we're doing here, not just uh, foreign missions and everything else, but there's a lot of things we do on a weekly basis around here uh, that you can have be a part of. So we're going to ask you to do that as well. Take that upon you this week. Um, after service, we're going to have Catch the Vision. If you're new here, you may not have signed up. Um, we're going to have that after service for about 45 minutes. It kind of tells you a little bit about Cornerstone what we're about, what we believe, and how you can become a part of what we're doing here. So hang around here. You can meet me up here after service. As always, if you guys want to stand, we're going to send you out with the Lord's blessing out of numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace. God bless you guys. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.